millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. days of festive fear and i have three spooky stories for you today and the last story comes from january the 17th 2021 and story number one comes from saurab now listen i am really sorry if that is pronounced wrong i googled how to pronounce it i looked it up i can't i can't seem to get a definitive answer as to how to pronounce it so i really apologize when i was like 11 years old i used to sleep with my grandmother One night I was really tired and I slipped into the bed at around 11.45pm. At the time I generally used to sleep on my back but I was not able to sleep that night. There was a small lane between our house and our neighbour and they used to have their tube lights on all night. The neighbour's lights started to flicker but I didn't pay a lot of attention but then the flickering timing got longer and then suddenly... I stopped seeing the light and there was something wrong with the darkness. It was darker than dark. I was going to chalk it up to my imagination. I saw the floor, I could see the neighbour's light reflection and I looked up and I saw blood red eyes. I saw an entity at least nine to ten feet tall and on that entity's head was a hat. The hat man slowly drifted in front of my legs We had the most intense staring competition and I was scared that if I closed my eyes something bad would happen. I tried to stare into its eyes or eye sockets or blood holes or whatever it was and my eyes started to water. I couldn't hold my eyes open. I blinked and within that time the hat man was within a few inches of my face. This was not the worst but I was unable to move at all and I was not able to shout and I wanted to shout. I suddenly realised that I was able to move my hand and I could find the light switch and suddenly I shouted at the entity and it disappeared. As I lived with my family, all of my family members came to the room to ask what happened. I told my mum what happened, but she didn't believe me. She said that I'd been sleeping for quite some time, just more than three hours. I looked up the time and saw it was around 3.30am. I couldn't understand how this could be possible. I just went to sleep. How could three hours have passed? I wasn't able to understand. This was something I could easily have choked up to sleep paralysis. It left me with nightmares for days and I was not able to sleep. Even now that I write this story, I still have chills down my spine. This was my first and last encounter with the hat man. My second story happened around two or three years after my previous encounter and it was the most horrific encounter to date. Since the last time I decided to have a small light, 
So this night, it was in the same room and I was sleeping on my bed. Even now still, I slept on my back with my hands on my stomach. I felt a ticklish feeling on my hand. All of a sudden, my chest became tighter and I couldn't breathe as if someone was burning a hole in my chest. It was like someone was shoving hot iron bars right through my chest. It was absolutely unbearable. I opened my eyes and saw an old lady with almost broken skin like an old painting sitting on my chest, hunched over with her face a few inches away from my face. I still remember all the details of her face. All white eyes, a crooked nose with long crooked but sharp teeth and all of them were brown canines. I looked down and her fingernails were in my chest, right where the burning sensation was coming from. She was really heavy, and unlike the last time, I could move my legs, but my hands were locked. I wasn't able to lift or move them at all. Crying in pain, I wasn't able to move my upper body. I literally ended up rolling off my bed with a loud thud, and my mother came into the room, switched on the lights and found me on the floor. I thought it was the worst nightmare. But the next day, there were marks on my chest where her thumbs were. There were bruises as if the skin had been darkened. I again wasn't able to sleep for days. I did confide in my mother and my mother took me to a temple. After days, I slept for more than 11 hours and I never had another incident. I know that some people don't enjoy stories that take place at night time because they sort of say oh well it's it's just a dream so on and while that might be so while it might be sleep paralysis I am curious to know as to why sleep paralysis always centers around an old hag or a man in the hat what is it what is it about those two figures that frighten us so much as humans why are they so universal I just would love to know I would love to know Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. And story number two comes from Ashley. I live in the United States in Minnesota. My mom and I both have pretty stressful jobs and the pandemic had been getting us down so we decided to go on a weekend getaway to relax. We travelled north to a city called Breezy Point to see fall colours and go hiking. On a cloudy Saturday afternoon, we found a state park on a map that we decided to go and check out. The problem was, I'm a millennial and horrible with directions. We ended up driving a whole hour away from our planned destination as it started to rain. We decided to stop along the road and find a plan B park instead. 
We found a tourist information building and started looking for nearby parks. My mom found an article about a park that had been completed a few years back called Milford Mine Memorial Park. It was only a short drive away and the article had a picture of a beautiful boardwalk so we decided to give it a shot. As we drove to the park my mom started reading the article aloud to me. She likes to read about the history and significance of places. Usually I don't care for that stuff but I was shocked and a little disturbed to hear that the park was the site of Minnesota's largest mining disaster in 1924, where 41 miners lost their lives and only seven survived when a mine shaft collapsed and filled the tunnels with water and mud. It was a really awful story. As she read in more detail about the disaster, it continued to cloud over and rain. I made a joke that we were definitely going to a haunted park. I've always been into the paranormal, so I did have a predisposition to bringing up ghost stories, even if I freaked myself out. However, I'd never witnessed or wanted to witness a ghostly encounter that couldn't be explained away. We arrived at the unassuming park and rounded a corner to see the beautiful boardwalk from the picture crossing a small lake. We were quickly reminded of where we were. The boardwalk was lined with the names of the deceased miners under our feet all the way across until the end where it listed the names of the survivors. It felt like it took forever to pass across all the names. It was very morbid and unsettling, but the location was really pretty and it was so quiet. We continued across the boardwalk looking at the names. We crossed the boardwalk and saw a fenced off area with a faded sign that said danger and some scrap metal, buckets, light bulbs, just a bunch of junk. I wondered what it all was and we got closer and started reading the sign. I was astonished because I thought this was where they all died and that the bodies were still there and therefore the place was definitely haunted. I was only sort of joking. Luckily my mom actually read the sign before she got excited It turns out that it was where the mine collapsed and the miners died, but all of the bodies had been recovered. I sighed in relief and continued walking with her. Then things started to get a little bit more unsettling. We moved on to a place with a bunch of old concrete structures. It was the remains of the old mining town where all the miners lived. I told my mom I wasn't stepping on it, assuming it was cursed or it would awaken the dead. My mom, of course, had already started walking across the cracked concrete in the park. I followed closely behind, but I wouldn't step on any of the remains. Something about walking across the site of a mining disaster and the old town where the dead people used to live was very off-putting. Then I started hearing stuff. Sometimes it was just my jacket rubbing up against things, but other times I swore I heard something in the bushes or the trees. I was starting to get paranoid and looked around like I was being watched. I felt pretty uneasy, but I was trying to enjoy myself. Mom just laughed at me because I'm easily spooked. She jabbed me and opened her eyes wide, saying, Ooh, spooky. We veered off into a dead end that overlooked the lake. It was starting to rain harder again, so we found a bench under some trees. We sat there looking at the lake for a while and trying to take decent selfies. My mom still couldn't believe how quiet it was. Still feeling a bit weirded out, I looked up the Milford Mine Haunted on my phone. 
I know, I was overreacting, but I love a good ghost story and I wanted to see if anyone might have experienced something in the past or overreacted like me. I only found one article about this guy named Clinton A. Harris. Supposedly, when the mine eventually reopened in 1932, miners saw the ghost of Clinton holding a whistle cord from the mine and they heard the piercing sound of the whistle as they ran from his ghost. I shut off my phone screen and looked up at my mom. I told her that if you hear a whistle and see some dude named Clinton, that it's a ghost. I was only joking, of course, but I explained to her the story of Clinton A. Harris. We started walking again and came across another plaque, and that's when shit got weird. The plaque said that the concrete in front of us was the foundation of a home in the mining town. My mom said it made her feel really sad and she told me that the plaque said you could still see the irises that were growing in the garden before the disaster. She pointed to the left of the foundation and sure enough, there was a patch of irises growing like they had been there for years. And that's when I froze. My heart started pounding vigorously, like it was going to come out of my chest. I could feel a rapid heartbeat in my chest and hear the pounding in my ears as clear as day. My family has a history of heart problems, so I got really scared and my face felt flushed as I tried to figure it out. I tried to play it cool because I didn't want my mom to panic. I looked down and felt it getting faster and faster. And then suddenly it stopped. I realised then that it couldn't have been my heart because I was still there, alive and breathing normally, aside from the adrenaline that I'd just felt. I checked my Fitbit to see if my heart rate was high but it was normal. So why did I feel it then? Did you just hear that? My mom asked excitedly. I asked her what she meant. And she said, The heartbeat. Did you hear it? I was shocked and told her that I thought it was me. I thought I could feel it in my body. But she felt it in her ears and her cheeks. It turns out that we had both thought there was something wrong with both of our hearts. And then it started again. A loud thumping, like a heartbeat just as loud and rapidly increasing, and then it would stop and start again. I started to panic. Did we trigger something? I tried to relax, but I was still on edge. We came to the last bit of the park on a dock lined with signs with all of the miners' names and short biographies about them. We started to read some and I started saying thank you and sorry to each of them in my head in case I had pissed one of them off. I heard that might work after all these years of watching paranormal TV shows and I figured I'd try. I didn't want whatever this heartbeat was to follow me. My mom called for me to come and read this one. And then she said somberly that he died a hero. I started reading the plaque and my eyes grew wide about the biography she chose for me to read. It was Clinton's biography. The guy from the ghost story. As I turned to read the plaque, I could hear the heartbeat again. I began reading. Clinton was manning the electric hoist when he got an early warning about the mining disaster. Instead of running to save himself, Clinton decided to sound the alarm using a whistle. The biography said he either got entangled in the cord of the whistle or intentionally tied it to himself to keep it going for hours. But he died sounding the alarm to save other miners. I told Clinton that I was sorry and that he had died a hero. We didn't hear the heartbeat again. I looked around but the sky had cleared up quite a bit into puffy white clouds reflecting on the lake. It looked beautiful. We started taking pictures. It was almost like we knew that it would be the last time we had heard the heartbeat. 
we watched some people fishing go by and stared off at the fall colours in the distance. I sat on a bench at the end of the dock. Being the paranormal expert that I am, I took a quick selfie with the background showing behind me. No orbs, no faces, nothing when you change the brightness in the picture, just a really bad, awkward selfie. I sighed in relief. I really didn't want to see anyone behind me. For giggles, I went back online and looked up more stories about Clinton, since he was the only ghost to be seen at the park, and the heartbeat stopped when I addressed him. I started Clinton A, and my phone flashed bright and froze. I couldn't do anything to get off the search screen. I quickly shut off the screen and put it back in my pocket. I didn't tell my mom about it until a few days later, because I was pretty creeped out. Maybe it was a weird echo from the highway or a far-off motor. Or maybe it was a miner offended by the jokes that I made. But honestly, I think it was residual energy of the place. Maybe even the residual energy from Clinton. His heart beating out of his chest in the last moments of his life. Whatever it was, I couldn't explain it. And neither could my logical and often sceptical mom. We both heard it and felt it in our bodies. We'll always remember it as our ghost experience together. While it freaked me out, I never felt threatened by it. I'm actually really thankful that it happened. With this bizarre experience forcing me to learn the tragic stories of these miners, some heroes, I now have my own story to tell for the rest of my life. My first ghost story. Okay, that is really weird. That is a very strange story. Uh, I don't, maybe it was, maybe this man, this man, this miner died saving a load of other people, whether accidentally or on purpose. That's kind of irrelevant. The fact of the matter is, is that he died saving lots of other miners. And maybe he does want his story to be told. Maybe he does want people to listen up and read his plaque and recognize that he was a hero. I mean, I would want, to be honest, if I died saving other people, Unlikely that I would die in a mine saving other people. But if I somehow, if that did happen, I would want everyone to know about it. I would want everyone to know that I was a hero because I'm very selfish like that. But it's just the truth. And story number three comes from Brian. When I was younger, about three or four years old, my mother, her boyfriend at the time and I lived in a small one bedroom apartment. I have this distinct memory of me waking up early, opening the room door and seeing a small, dark silhouette in the shape of a small boy running into the hallway and running towards the back door. And the only logical thing a four-year-old can do is run after it, right? So I did. As I turned into the hallway, I caught the figure taking a sharp right turn past the back door and into the kitchen, so I followed it as fast as I could. And as I turned the corner, I was faced with a dead end, where there was no way out, but my attention was drawn to a drawer. I never thought anything of that memory until I brought it up to my mother years later, when I was out of the house at around 20 years old. She went pale, and a very concerned look came over her face. What do you remember about that time? Have you seen anything strange? I was really confused and I simply answered, no, it's, it's weird that it's the only memory of the house that I have. She took a deep breath and told me about how when I was younger I used to have an imaginary friend who I adored and looked up to, but that friend didn't like adults. I used to be the exact same way and challenged authority at any chance I could, and she hated that time period 
because she was in a very toxic relationship and she thought it was affecting me. I soon started saying that my friend would wake me up and tell me to go to the kitchen, into the drawer and grab a knife and go and slit my parents' throats. I later asked her if it was true that we had bunnies. I remembered bunnies. She told me that she had to give them away because I kept strangling them and when she would punish me for it, I would yell at her that I was practising for her. We soon moved out of the house and everything got better. I don't remember the violence, but I remember snippets of happy stuff. I'm now 22, married and have a four-year-old daughter. I moved to a whole different state, leaving California behind and going to Arizona, and now I am terrified of what I'm experiencing. My daughter was playing in her room, and she hated playing by herself because she gets bored of playing alone and talking to her dolls, but recently she has started playing by herself. I sat her down and told her how happy I was that she was playing by herself to entertain herself since my pregnant wife doesn't have the energy and I work 12 hours a day and don't really have the energy either. She looked at me and said to me with nothing but truth in her eyes, but I'm not playing alone. I'm playing with your friend who you played with as a kid. Chills ran down my spine and I dipped out of the room. I haven't told my wife even though she knows the story of me being a child. I don't have the guts to tell her my daughter is seeing the same figure. How can she possibly know? I don't tell her scary stories and I definitely didn't tell her about my experience. To make matters worse, just last week we adopted some dogs that just sit and watch my daughter play, but not in a curious way, in more of an assertive way to make sure she's safe. My wife is oblivious even though she meddles with crystals but I come from another culture where what we see is what we believe. I don't know what to do because if this thing has attached itself to me and is showing itself to my children, then I'm stuck with this thing for another few years because my son is about to be born. So I thought initially this was going to be a story where I would say, hey, you know, going through a stressful time and obviously the relationship that your mum and her boyfriend were toxic and that kids can act out and they act out certain things and all of those things. But why is your daughter talking about the same thing, man? Why is your daughter saying it's the, the child that you used to play with as a child? No, no. I think it was only a couple of episodes ago where I said that all children could benefit from a, from a, just a small bit of exorcism. I'm joking, obviously. But it does sound pretty scary. Thank you so much for Sarab, Ashley and Brian for sending in your stories. If you would like to send in your story, you can do so by emailing it to Podcast at gmail.com. You can also check out our website, Podcast.com. And on that note, I shall see you tomorrow. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.